Amen. Amen. You could be seated. It's so great to see you. Um, <clears throat> a couple of uh, months ago, a newer believer came to me and he said, Pastor, I need you to teach me about teething. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? I thought, you know, my kids went through some teething. I remember that back in the day. They were cutting some teeth. And he said, no, I need, I need you to teach me about the, te- the, the teeth, the teeth, teething. As I talked to him, I discovered he was asking about tithing, about tithing, and uh, not teething, but tithing, and I thought, wow, you know, that's a great, that's a great pronunciation. I've never heard that before. I remember when my kids were teething, when they were a little bit smaller, um, their gums would bleed a little bit, you know, and then they would be fussy and maybe they would have like a snotty nose and they would want to put things in their mouth and they were crabby and whatnot. And I thought, you know, <clears throat> the truth is when it comes to tithing, there is a teething. And uh, teething is, is kind of a part of learning about tithing. And we've been in this great series from the book of Leviticus over the last six weeks. And we're wrapping that up today talking about the great subject of teething on the tithe. I want you to open your Bibles today to the 27th chapter, Leviticus 27. And we have had a great time over the last few weeks. We've talked about so many great themes in the book of Leviticus in our Next Level series. We've talked about the scapegoat and the sacrificial goat. We've talked about Love your neighbor as yourself. That's straight out of the book of Leviticus. Jesus quoted that. Um, We talked about the year of Jubilee and so many other great themes. We've had a fantastic time doing that. I really hate to shut the book of Leviticus down, but it's Christmas. Christmas is coming, so it's time to move on. But I want to wrap up today talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is the subject of giving and tithing and um, you know, the Bible mentions 500 times the subject of prayer. How many of you would say prayer is pretty important? Prayer is pretty important, yeah. Um, the subject of faith is mentioned 500 times. How many of us would say faith? Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. It really is. The subject of possessions, money, and giving more than 2,000 times in the Bible. It's a big deal with God. And God has so much to say to us about this subject from both the Old and the New Testaments that we cannot overlook this this great topic. So let's look at Leviticus 27, beginning in verse 30. Moses said this, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. And if you want to buy back the Lord's tenth, Of the grain or the fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. Count off every tenth animal from your herd and flocks and set them apart for the Lord as holy. You may not pick and choose between good and bad animals, and you may not substitute one for another. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be Bought back, And so one of the great questions about the tithe, because obviously Moses penned these words a long time ago, right? The New Testament was written 2,000 years ago. The Old Testament even longer ago than that. And so people ask today, well, is, is this relevant today in the 
first century? Is this the same? And it really is a great question. But, you know, so many, so many things that we see in the Bible um, are timeless truths. Um, for example, in the book, right before the book of Leviticus, in the book of Exodus, we find the Ten Commandments. And it says, don't commit adultery. And how many of us would say that not committing adultery, that's a good thing, right? Most of us would be like, okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. What about stealing? Is anybody pro-stealing? Is anybody for murder? Okay, thou shalt not murder. Okay, yeah. And there's a certain principles in the, in the Old and the New Testament that are timeless truths that, that kind of never get old. And generosity and giving is one of those things. So let's break this down a little bit more together. God is so serious about the tithe that he says that if you keep some of the tithe back, <laughs> he says, I want 20% off the top. How about that? You know, it's like, whoa, Lord. Leviticus 27. That's the big stuff. In other words, it's a priority. It's a big deal with God. It's a big deal. But let's break this down a little bit because um, the question is maybe what is the tithe? We, we use a lot of like religious jargon sometimes in the Christian church and people are like, well, what is all that? What is baptized and what is the Holy Spirit and what is, you know, communion? And, and well, Okay, so what is the tithe? Here's a little definition for you. A tithe is a tenth of your income that's given to God as an act of love and devotion. And there's a difference between a tithe and an offering. <clears throat> a, a tithe is that first 10% that God has asked us to give. That's the first portion. And an offering is what we give above and beyond that. So sometimes we talk about tithes and offerings. Uh, tithes are being faithful, offerings are being generous. Tithes and offering, being faithful, being generous. That's what a tithe is. And uh, the question is, a tenth of what? Well, if you look back at Leviticus 27, he says, whether grain from the field or fruit from the trees. In other words, um, whatever your revenue streams are, that, that's what you tithe on. You tithe on your income. So if you have a primary income, you tithe on that. If you have a secondary income, you tithe on that. If you own uh, and lease real estate, you tithe on whatever you make on that. However you make your living, your livelihood, some of us work off commissions or tips or whatever it may be. It's whatever your income is, the tenth portion of that, God says, belongs to me. That's what the tithe is. And we can make money a lot of different ways. But he says, whether it's grain of the field or fruit from the trees, it's the tenth portion. And then he says, we ought to bring it to the house of God. In Exodus 23, 19, bring the best of the first fruits of your land to the house of the Lord your God. And we interpret that as bringing the tithe to the local house of worship, wherever we worship. In Malachi chapter 3, it's the storehouse. And the storehouse is the... The, the place that people would bring their crops because they didn't have the Zell app. Amen? And, and so people would bring their gifts in, in, in produce. And so there was a storehouse there. And then they would sell the, 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 the food that was stored up in the storehouse. And that's how the house of worship was funded. So we, we call it storehouse tithe, meaning that we bring the tithe to the house of worship, wherever we worship, wherever that is. If you go to another church, tithe there. If you go to this church, you tithe here. Uh, it's the storehouse. Um, why 10%? All the way through the Bible, <clears throat> the 10th is the number of completion. And this is a fascinating study. If you have a lot of time and you want to get on the internet today, just go in and you can type this in and you can get very cerebral. 
Ten is the number of completion in the Bible. We have ten commandments. And if you think about it, our whole numerical system is based on tens, right? If you can count to ten, you can count to a million. Uh, when I was a little kid, I had a quest to find the last number. And I had a big legal spiral notebook, and I would just write numbers. This is, this is so nerd. I don't know how, what got into me. And I was seeking the last number. And, and, and after, you know, many, many, many pages of just writing numbers, in my quest for the last number, I determined that it was impossible to find the last number. <laughs> but our whole numerical system is based on tens because if you can count to ten, um, you can count to a million. And if you get to eleven, you just start over again because that's one. So ten is the number of completion. And, and this is what Leviticus 27 and other passages are saying to us is that the tithe is symbolic of the whole. In, in other words, the 90% is blessed by what we do with the 10th because it's the number of completion. Now, he says here that, uh, wh why should I tithe? Well, I want to give you two reasons that are mentioned right here in Leviticus 27. One is, he says, it belongs to the Lord. Okay? So, why should I tithe? Some of you are like, okay, man, why should I do this, Pastor? Okay, first of all, it belongs to God. Leviticus 27, it belongs to, the God, to God. Here's a powerful principle. <clears throat> tithing is not me giving to God. Tithing is me returning to God a small portion of what he has already given to me. There's a big difference. People who struggle with being generous many times get confused between what is theirs and what has been given to them by God. If you believe all your stuff is given to you by God, giving some back to him is like, yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer. But if you feel like it's all yours, boy, it's hard to let go of, isn't it? He said it belongs to me. It belongs to me. It, it belongs to God. It belongs to him. In Malachi, he says, uh, he compares it to robbing. He says, don't rob God because it belongs to God. It belongs to him. It belongs to the Lord. Uh, and we get this confused. Um, now, if I loaned you my car for a month, and I said, I want you to use my car. You can go anywhere you want to go. You don't have to pay me anything. I'm just going to let you use my car. But then I called you a couple of weeks later, and I said, I need to borrow my car for a couple of days. And you said, I'm not giving you your car back. I'd be like, you little snot. Come on, man. It's not yours in the first place. That's my car. I can't use my own car. If I gave you 50 bucks and said, I want five back, is that still a good deal for you? You, you got 45 more than you did before we started talking. Amen? Yeah. So it, it, it all belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. Look, look at this Haggai 2.8. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And then one of my other favorite passages right here in Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember that the Lord gives you the power to gain wealth. Some of you are in sales. God has given you the ability to sell. You see, you're not a great salesperson just because you have a great personality. God enabled you to do so. Some of you are strategic business minds. Some of you are accountants or CPAs or doctors or whatever, you, whatever your skill is, you own a small business, whatever it is, God gave you the ability to earn wealth. And without that gifting of God, you, you wouldn't even have an income. 
It was God in the beginning that gave you the capacity to do what you do. Isn't that great? It all belongs to God. So we're just returning a little bit to the one who has already given us so much. Here's a second reason why we should tithe. We should tithe because the tithe is holy to God. Now, there's very few times in the Bible that things are called holy. In Hebrews 13, the marriage bed is called holy. It's sacred. Okay, The name of God is called holy. That's why we should never damn the name of God. God's name is holy, right? The Sabbath day, the day of worship and rest, is holy to God. But there's really not that many things in the Bible that are specifically holy. He says here in Leviticus 27 that the tithe is holy to God. In other words, it is set apart. It is unique. It is special. It is something that is not to be confused with everything else. And therefore, it should be treated accordingly. Now, I'm a startup guy. I've started two churches, a nonprofit, a business. And I don't even know what else I've started. I mean, I'm, I'm a startup guy. And you know, when you start up, you, you do what's called bootstrapping. Has anybody ever been bootstrapping? Some of us are bootstrapping today. Anybody know what that is? That's a, you're, just, you're just cutting expenses. You're going as lean as you can go because you're trying to get the thing going. And then that way you can eventually, you know, have the money and the income that you want to have. But you, you're sacrificing on the front end. Okay, I've done that with two churches, right? And uh, I'll never forget the first house that we bought in another state. We paid $165,000 for that house. I literally thought I had mortgaged my entire life away. I thought, I'm going to be an indentured servant forever, you know? I was shake. I was so nervous signing the loan papers. It took forever, you know, to get to closing and all that. Um, <clears throat> because we were starting a church. And, and Gina hadn't found a job yet, and... We were in a new community and all that. And then we moved to Colorado. And Colorado is a lot more expensive than where we're from. And it costs some money to live here, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, there were some early days when we were starting our church. Gina came to me like the second or third year. And she said, Ryan, we're losing money every month. We're going in the hole several hundred dollars. And she said, I've been through our whole budget. And my wife's awesome with money. And she said, there is no fat. Like, we cannot get leaner. We're not going on vacations, you know. We're not going out to eat, you know, to crazy places. We're not going on spending sprees at the mall. Like, this thing is lean. It's locked down. What are we going to do? And I knew that the church had not grown enough to really pay us anymore. We were just in this weird spot. We were in startup. And I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, God, what are we going to do? You know, my wife's upset. We don't have the money. What are we going to do? Well, all this time we're tithing, and it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me one morning when I was in prayer. Ryan, you don't have a spending problem. You have an income problem. I'm like, well, Lord, thank you for affirming everything that I was looking at. <clears throat> I have an income problem. Amen. About that time, one of my other buddies called me who was starting a church in Denver, and he said, Ryan, I am selling workout videos out of my trunk and you ought to sell them too now this is right on the everything's online now okay this is like a few years ago when dvds were like on their last breath their last leg 
And I was like, please give me some DVDs. I will do anything to make a few bucks to buy some groceries. So my friends started giving me the DVDs. I put it on Craigslist. I was pastor by day. I was DVD workout salesperson by night. I was a good salesperson. I never once did the workouts, but I could sell some product. I had some months, I was making like five, $600, you know, pimping these videos. I felt like a drug dealer. I would roll up into a parking lot. I would look around to see if anybody was looking because I was kind of embarrassed, you know, that I was doing this. And I would open the trunk up and somebody would roll up and hand me some cash and I would hand them like a little package. Making sure no video cameras were around, you know. But you know, the whole time, that I'm selling the videos, we're keeping the tithe. We keep tithing, we keep tithing, we keep tithing. And God has continued to bless us. It was not too long after that that God began to open up some opportunities for us that we never thought or expected. And the Lord has been so faithful. When we keep the tithe as holy to God, God will bless us. But there's always a testing Malachi 3 says, test me in this. I, I think perhaps one of, maybe the greatest test, one of the greatest tests is the test of the tithe. Sometimes people say, I will tithe when I make more money. But you know, I have talked to so many wealthy people. Their tithe is so big, they can't get it, their mind around it. And, and I've found if you don't tithe when you're making two or $3,000 a month, you will never tithe when you make ten dollars or $20,000 a month. It just doesn't work. Sometimes it's easier to be a tither when you make less. In fact, one guy told his pastor, he said, Pastor, I used to make $2,000 a month, and I had no problem giving $200 a month, but now I make $25,000 a month. And it's just too much to tithe. And the pastor said, I'm going to pray for you that you would make $2,000 a month again. <laughs> and the guy was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. If we get in the pattern of putting that, 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 that portion that's holy to God, if we put that aside, then, then, then incrementally as we rise, and we have opportunity to make more. It's like we're just already in the habit of doing it. it, it it's so much easier. So much easier to start with less than it is to, 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 to start with more. And the tithe is, is holy to God. Now, some of you are really hurting today financially. And this is really going to bless you. You're thinking today, I have a huge need. I have a massive financial need. How could I ever start tithing? God is not, you, some of you feel like God's not taking care of you. I want to share a thought with you today. God is motivated more by faith than he is by need. Let, let me say it again. God is motivated more by faith than he is by need. Look at uh, Luke chapter 21, the widow, the widow's might. I did a sermon on that a few years ago. The widow's might, M-I-G-H-T. The might is the smallest increment of coin in the New Testament times. The widow's might. Jesus is watching people bring offerings into the temple courts, and everybody's bringing in their change. You know, it's clanging everywhere. They got the big chest and all that. And then this little, this little widow who's 
got nothing. She brings like her two, what we would call pennies, two pennies, and puts them in. And Jesus commends her. And he says, she had more faith than everybody else. Did Jesus commend the widow because she was poor? Or did Jesus commend the widow because she had such great faith? It was faith. And Jesus said, she's going to be the one that's blessed. So if you're struggling today and you're wondering, why is God not blessing me more? Ask the question, am I moving in faith or do I just have a big need? Faith always moves the heart and the hand of God. It's seen all the way through the Bible. And when you give, you give, give doing so in faith, in faith. Uh, it's used two times here in Leviticus 27, the term holy. It's holy to God. Um, I, I got a little friend up here today. Some of you guys were wondering what this was. This is an apple, and this apple looks a lot like the tide, doesn't it? Come on, work with me. <laughs> People looking at me kind of funny. It's kind of shiny, and it's kind of nice, that tenth portion. You know, we get ready to tithe, and then all of a sudden... What happens? Well, we need new tires on the car. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Mm. I love Jesus, but I think he understands, but I got some tires. Then somebody comes up and says, I need to borrow some money. I need to borrow some money, a friend or a family member. And we're looking around. Where's the money going to come from? Oh, the tithe. Mm. Mm. Lord, I love you. How excellent is your name, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And then we got to go on vacation. We're looking around, we're like, mm, how am I going to do that? Well, mm, well. I mean, it's already gone anyway. Why not just finish it off, right? And then we get to church on Sunday. And we're like, I want to give. But the tithe has already been eaten. It's already gone. It's already gone. When we, when we eat the tithe, we don't have anything else left to give. We got to set that thing apart as holy to God. And when it's set apart, then it's sacred, it's special. Now, what happens when I tithe? We have a saying here at the church, every offering is an opportunity. Do you believe that today? Every offering, it's an opportunity for you to grow closer to God. It's an opportunity for you to impact people. It's an opportunity for you to live by faith. It's an opportunity for you to take your spiritual life to a new level. Every offering is an opportunity. How so? Let me give you four reasons very quickly here. Number one, it keeps us from becoming selfish. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The greatest way to look at heart is to look at spending. Pull your bank statement out. Look at your credit card statement. That's what you value. I was talking to a guy that goes to another church um, a few years ago, and he loved to buy insurance policies. This guy's in his 30s. I was like, are you terminally ill? 
he just loved to buy insurance, you know? And so he had like 15 insurance policies. I was like, oh my gosh, you're like ready for Y3K. This is crazy. You know, some people love to spend money on, all, you, people love to spend money on all kinds of things. Everybody has their things they like to spend money on. It's true. It's true. Um, <clears throat> but God does, a, and that's not bad. But what we want to do is not be self-absorbed. Amen? It's not bad to have nice things. I hope you have some nice things. I have some nice things. That's good, but it's all got to be proportional. It's got to, all got to be put in perspective. And, and the tithe helps us to put our heart with the things of God. Okay, so it's a heart test. Um, selfish desires can imprison us, and the desire to have more, more, more um, can continue to grow. And, you know, we live in a time where you can buy everything you want to buy with one click 24-7. Amen? I mean, I'm kind of old school. I remember when you used to go to the mall, and they said, oh, we don't have those shoes here, but if you'll drive across town to our other store, they'll hold them for you. You know, and you would run across town and drive an hour in traffic to go get them. Now, I mean, you just click online, you buy everything, right? I mean, it's so easy to spend money. Oh, my goodness. It's never been easier to spend money than it is today. But we got to set that apart as to the Lord so that our heart is in alignment with the things of God. Here's the second reason. Um, when we tithe, it empowers the ministry of the church. Wow. Now, the church has been given the Great Commission, which is to go make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey all things. And listen, when, when, when the giving of the church is strong, the ministry is powerful. We can do things as a local congregation that we cannot do otherwise. And I know that you want to have a place where you bring your unchurched friends. You want them to have a great experience. I know that you want your kids to have a powerful teaching time in the kids' ministry. I know that if you have teenagers, you want them to be learning about the things of God. I know that you want people to come to faith in Christ or you wouldn't be in this church. We empower the ministry of the church. A few years ago, a family in our church gave a car to the church. And they said, Pastor, we just feel led to give this car. Would there be anybody in the church that needs a car? And I was like, that is so crazy that you called today. Because just yesterday, my wife was talking to a single lady in our church that really needed a vehicle. And she couldn't get to and from work. And this, this couple gave the car to the church. And we turned around and gave it to this individual. Is that awesome? Is that amazing? We could not have done that had this family not been so generous and faithful. You know, um, we're helping people all the time that need Thanksgiving meals and Christmas meals and presents and food and things like that. All happens as we give, and as we're generous, it emboldens the ministry of the church. There was a time and a season when we used to do a lot of direct mail. And the direct mail brought massive, massive numbers of people to our church. And a lot of people gave their life to Christ. In fact, some of you are here today. You got a postcard. We were known as the Postcard Church. And it was awesome. My little picture was in your mailbox every month. It was fantastic. It was great. And we need to get back to doing some of those same things. As, as we give, 
We empower the ministry and the opportunity of the church. We keep the vision and the mission of the church strong. Um, Thirdly, the tithe puts us in the place of God's blessings. Okay? Now, giving is always mentioned or often mentioned with blessing. Let me give a couple of examples. In Luke chapter 638, give and it will be given to you, to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. When we're generous, that puts us in the place of God's abundant blessings. And I hope you have a spreadsheet for your finances, and I hope you have a budget and all that. But there's some people, they can't do anything that doesn't fit into an equation. And the life of faith requires us at times to color outside the lines. And maybe to do some things in expectation of the things that God is going to do in and through us. And and faith is a huge part of giving. Listen, you want to be a man of faith, you want to be a woman of faith, become a tither. Be a tither. Your faith is going to go up because every month you're trusting in God. God's going to provide for me. God's going to watch over me. Philippians 4:18, the apostle Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he's commending them on their giving. Look at this, but I have received everything in full and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied having received from Epaphroditus What you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Paul is affirming the church at Philippi for giving to him. And he says, you know what, because you guys have been so generous to me, God is going to bless you. That's God's economy. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Malachi chapter 3 talks about the windows of heaven being open. God blesses generosity. And I thought of a few examples of just through the years of people who have practiced the tithe that have shared with me. And these are not things that happen in the exact same way in every single person's life. But let me just throw a couple of things at you. I've had numerous church members come to me and say, Pastor, we started tithing a few months ago. I got a raise. That's not unusual. Uh, Bonuses. I started tithing and I got some bonuses. Totally unexpected. Um, uh, Others have gotten new jobs, new opportunities of employment, um, opportunities to make extra money. We had a family in our church that was trying to adopt uh, a child not too long ago and they needed some extra money. And, um, you know, they were tithing and they were like, how's this going to work? And you know what? He got contacted about making some extra money, working a couple of nights a week, and he had all the money that he needed. It was amazing. It's just amazing when you put your finances into the hands of God and you just let God work. And we don't have to have answers to every single nuance and how every single thing is going to work out. We just know that we're putting what we have in the hands of God, and God is going to lead us and work in our lives. Um, Also, your faith will grow. That's another big one. Um, We'll become more disciplined with our money because if you're going to live on 90, um, then you got to be more focused than if you're living on 100. And uh, I've seen so many people say, Pastor, I actually have more money when I became a tither because I actually had to manage better. And now I've, I've been so blessed just by being a better steward and manager. 
So that's a whole other subject. But I'll tell you another blessing of tithing, and this is just the honest truth. Sometimes it's being satisfied with less and just realizing that Jesus is enough and that I don't have to have all the stuff that everybody else has to be satisfied. My kids came to me a few years ago. They were like, Dad, our friends go on these vacations. They're going to blah, blah, blah. They're going blah, blah, blah. They were listening to all the stuff, all the kids in the neighborhood. Dad, why don't we do that? You know, And we take our kids on vacations, but we just... You know, maybe haven't gone to as cool of places as maybe some neighbors have gone to. Okay. So I sat the kids down and I said, listen, guys, <clears throat> your mom and I are committed to bringing the tithe. And what that means is that there are some things that we will probably not have the opportunity to do that some of your friends at school will do. But we value some other things. And because we value the work of God and the ministry and other things like that, this is our priority and our focus. And, and I don't want to make it sound like my kids are like oppressed. I mean, we take care of our kids, you know, that kind of thing. It's not like that. But, but I want my kids to understand what our family's about. I want our kids to participate when we bring special offerings. We talk to our kids. We're like, hey, we're going to do this for the church. I want my kids to learn. When they, when, they, when they grow into adulthood, I, I want them to, I want to have already ruined them, amen, you know, all the way, you know, as kids, to be generous and to be, and to be grateful for the things that God's done. Here's the final thing. I hope you'll write this down. It challenges us to live by faith. Uh, Hebrews 11:6 6 says, now with faith, it's impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. When you give, you're seeking after God. And that really is a big trust. God, here's the check. God, here's my online donation. Here's my whatever it may be. Um, it is a huge trust factor. We had a young couple in our church. They now live in another state. Um, they uh, just got married. They were really, things were super tight for them and they were working on their budget. And they realized that they couldn't have cable television and tithe at the same time. Okay? So they chose to not get cable television. This was a big deal. Okay? These guys are millennials. You know, they're like, we got to have cable television. You know, come on. And they went for a couple of years without cable television and internet. No internet at home. People are like, golly, that's archaic. You know? um, how do they live? I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And then a few years later, they got, they got some raises and things started moving for them. And then they went out, and they were so excited. They got internet at home. We celebrated that. It was really awesome. But they would tell you it was one of the greatest seasons of trusting God that they've ever been in. And I just want to encourage somebody today. If you're like, man, I don't know if we can do this. Listen, Jesus is enough. God is enough. You may not have to have everything that everybody else has or that you think that you have to have or that you are used to having. But Jesus is enough. God wants us to cut our teeth on these great principles of the tithe. And as we do so, we're going to draw closer to him. Our faith is going to grow. The ministry is going to flourish. And God is going to do great things in our lives and in our church. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer?